and that is, I'm going to read this first, and then I'm going to ask you to list several things that you can praise God for based on this text. So as we read it, be thinking about that, and after we read it, I'm going to ask you to share a few things that you can thank God for as a result of this text. Okay, Romans 8, verse 31 through 39. We're remembering that this text is talking about our walk um, or our life in the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has, has given to us, the benefit that he is, he's um, been to us, that he is to us in our lives. All right, let me start. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a powerful message of encouragement and truth. List things from this passage that you can praise God for. What do you see? Everlasting love, all right? Next one. Nothing can separate us from God. All right, next. We are conquerors. Another one. Hey, who can bring a charge against us? God is for us. Who can be against us? We can praise God. What can you praise God for as a result of this passage? What else? Mm -hmm. What can we thank God for in this passage? It can be short, brief, or it can be more elaborate. However you'd like to express it. Justified by God. And you can elaborate on that as you think through it if you like, but you can keep it simple if you like. All right? So his ministry to us never ends. He ministered to us in his death, in his resurrection, and even now at this very moment, he's interceding for us right now at this very moment the right hand of the throne of God. It's also interesting that um, this passage brings out that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us in prayer, 
and so is Jesus. So it's like we're, we're covered, double covered. You know, sometimes you ask for prayer. We'll do that later on today. And you, you're comforted. And I'm comforted by someone knowing someone is praying for me. Comforted by that. Here we're double covered. The Holy Spirit, the, the Word of God lets us know Jesus is making intercession on our behalf. And the Holy Spirit is doing that too, even when we can't pray for ourselves. You also get the sense that we know Satan is the accuser, right? And it says, who can condemn us, right? This passage brings out, nobody can condemn us. It starts off in, in, in verse 1, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We are forgiven, completely forgiven. Digest that for a little bit. That should melt our worries and our stress away. We are completely forgiven. Not because we're innocent, but as Mickey said, because we're justified. Because God did a step to bring us in right relationship with him. I'm still as guilty as sin. <laughs> but I'm completely forgiven for all of our sins. So there's so much there to, 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 to take in. Um, God wants us to know these things. He wants to reassure us of who we are. We're not abandoned in our troubles and our trials. We come here in the middle of the week and we have, you know, just the burden of life that we go through. But he's letting us know you're not abandoned. One, one verse that I'm going to close in this that, that really always struck me is, is verse 39. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. I wonder how did that fit in with this passage? Um, and and what, does, what does that mean? I don't know if anybody else has thought on that or had any reflection on that. Let you think on that for a little bit. Let me just reflect a moment and then we'll go over into meditation. Um, he's saying that all our tribulation, everything that we go through, none of it can separate us from God. And yet, God has chosen us as, as his people, as his sheep, and specifically Jesus. Um, um, this applies to him um, in a unique way. Um, even though we are God's chosen, we go through trials and hardships that from Satan's attack and from this world and this life and everything else. We, we have gone through the rough end. It says we have been regarded as sheep to the slaughter. But then it says, yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. In other words, in spite of the hardships that are sure part of our life, God wants to reassure us that we belong to him and the benefits that he has for us are sure and are certain, okay? So, so yeah, sometimes you feel like, man, <laughs> this world is beating me up. That's how God's people often feel. That's how Jesus himself feel, felt. But we are reassured um, that we are part of, of, of God's plan and he's measuring out everything in our lives. So we can be thankful to God for that. <clears throat> All right. All right. I'm going to be continuing our meditation in the Gospel of John.
And we know that the Gospel of John was written so that we might believe. And we went through chapter 1 and we saw kind of an introduction into this concept of believing in him. And then we saw in chapter 2 this understanding that while we may believe in him and we want Jesus to prove it to everybody else, Jesus doesn't have that as his ministry to prove it to everybody, to make us look right. And that's an aspect of believing, right? I know we didn't go through the end part of chapter 2, but the rest of the parts amplify that same message. Chapter 2 has the same message. If you were teaching it as a sermon, all of chapter 2 would be together, right? goes and cleanses the temple. They say, how are you going to do these things? He says, I'm not going to prove it to you here. But destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to raise it up. Who saw him raised? His disciples. People deny it to this day. Many people believed in him, but Jesus didn't believe in them. There's this idea that Jesus is not about the crowd. Jesus is not about popular opinion. Jesus is not swayed by the polls. So then we get into chapter 3. We're introduced to something different. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things to you, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. For he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hastes the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that he may be clearly seen that his works have been done and carried out in God. 
Jesus comes to Jesus. And he comes to him by night. And you get the idea that Nicodemus had an agenda. I'm not saying it was a bad agenda, but he had the way he thought the conversation was going to go. But you notice that Jesus did, it said Jesus answered him, but he didn't ask the question. He didn't get to answer his, ask his question, right? He just went into his introductory fluff. You ever notice that, right? People got their introductory fluff. Jesus cut right into that. He's like, we know you a teacher born of God, this and this and that. I say to you, unless one is born again, he can't inherit the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, this is something interesting. Because Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, and we've heard a lot about the kingdom of God. There's been books written about the kingdom of God. And we're introduced to this concept of the kingdom of God, and he's saying, you can't even see it unless you've been born again. But he's been preaching it this whole time. And so you have this question going in your mind, Jesus, what are you talking about? And while you have that same question, so does Nicodemus have it. What do you mean, right? What do you mean by this being born again? Jesus says, listen, you got to be born of the Spirit. Just like you can't see where the wind comes from or where it goes but you can see its effects so it is are those who are born of the spirit that's the analogy he gives you can't see where the wind comes from or where it goes how do you see wind you see wind by the effects it creates wind has no physical form it's just a difference in pressure from one place to another education doesn't know the basic he can't even see the kingdom of God he got 
a library back home that has all the prophets in it, all his commentaries. He's got all that. He got a Sunday school lesson prepared. But he don't know that he can't see. He's not been born again. And he's surprised because he doesn't know how birth works. But do you have to know how birth works to be a baby? Christians trip over because a lot of Christians have this thought that I don't know if he really a real Christian because he don't understand salvation. I don't know if that's a real baby because they don't understand the birds and the bees. Nobody says that. Instead of asking, does a baby understand the birds and the bees? As the question is, is it a baby? judged by God. God is angry with the wicked every day. But he sent his son because he loved us. And if we believed in him, we will be saved. But if you reject him, if you stand on your own pride, if you think that you could come to him in the dark of night and tell him something, you'll perish in your sins. Because you're already condemned. Everyone who refuses to come to Jesus a neutral choice. It's not, ah, that's not a religion for me. It's, the light is too bright for you and you don't want to be exposed. 
that's why some people come to church for a few weeks and they drift away. Because sometimes when you come to church and it's a real church, the light is shining. And sometimes the light gets shined on you. You got to ask yourself, are you so stuck on your own personal pride that you don't want that light to be shown on you so you can lie to yourself? Or are you willing to have Jesus poke holes in you, even in front of others, so that you might be saved? Some people would rather die see their pride go down. But God casts down the proud, but he lifts up the humble. Amen. What is on your heart for prayer today? Just, uh, just boldness uh, witnessing. I go to the abortion clinic sometimes twice a week. Um, I usually go on Tuesday and Saturday. So just uh, boldness there and just uh, also not giving into the flesh with some of the interactions that happen there. And um, also just wisdom for work because uh, I was laid off and uh, was supposed to go back to work on April 1st. But my boss doesn't have a whole lot of work at the moment. But uh, So just uh, just prayer for that, whether or not to... I'm going to be talking to him tonight. So I'm going to need wisdom on whether or not to go back to this job or to start looking for something else. So. Who wants to pray with Joel on that? So recap, just boldness as he is uh, speaking to um, people outside the abortion clinics and then his job situation. Any takers? It's Joel. Yep. Um, I guess while I'm getting set up, should we plug um, the program we're starting? We wanted because it reminds me about the abortion yeah Terry one hour did you want to speak on that real quick father God we come what out of an abortion clinic um, a church will have an hour set aside to go and talk to people and so we're going to um, be part of that ministry and I'm gonna be talking to him tomorrow just pray for that because I want people to come out. Our goal is to have one hour on Friday afternoons where we go out. Um, we're still going to keep on going out on Saturdays in our evangelism teams um, at 1030. So we're going to start doing those both in May. So just be praying for us that our church will be blessed in our evangelism. And I pray, you know, pray that we will have some willing people that will come out. We don't want to burn people out, but we want new people to be coming out there on Fridays and hopefully coming out on Saturdays as well. So just be in prayer for those ministries. That's so needed. So we'll have Joel start, uh, Gigi, and then I'll finish. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we want to say thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord. And thank you for your faithfulness and that you will never leave or forsake us. Forgive us for are not trusting as deeply as we should and leaning upon you and getting wisdom and understanding from you. Help us, Lord. We pray for Joel. We pray for him and his love for you, his job, 
that he needs, Lord, and we pray as he work in these fields, sharing his life with others in ministry, Lord. We pray that thou would strengthen him and these things would draw him close to thee, and he wouldn't get worried about the cares and things of this world, because sometimes we do it, it worries us. So we just pray especially for him. We pray that you would convict hearts, Lord, about the abortion clinic and coming out to speak to people, Lord. We just pray that you would just um, remember the many people that are going in, Lord. And now uh, the abortion clinic, they have pills that the girl can call in on the phone and get pills to have the abortion claim without going to the abortion clinic. I heard that on WBCY. So I pray for those people that do this as well. Draw them to thyself, Lord. Give them no peace to rest that they have seen their need to come to a saving Savior. So just help us to be faithful, obedient, and sensitive to your will and purpose for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord, I agree with that prayer, and I pray that, Lord, you would just help us to, uh, to just trust our lives with you, Lord, and I pray for boldness at the clinic, that you would help me to trust that when your word goes out, it doesn't return void. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you would also be um, allowing some fruit to come from that ministry in the ways of uh, uh, babies being saved. And uh, not only that, but also the salvation of families, Lord. We pray that you would just be working uh, by your spirit. And, Lord, that you would help us to understand that, uh, that you, your desire is to get a hold of your people and that the way that you work is through your your church you said you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it lord we just pray that you would uh help us to consider our lives and uh what what we uh what we can give to you in light of what you've done for us in jesus christ and dying on the cross for our sins so lord i pray that you would also give wisdom with work and uh just uh that you would give wisdom even with the conversation that i have with my boss tonight and Lord, I pray for this church, Lord, I just pray that you would, uh, would bless this church and the members in it, Lord, that you would help us all to be um, just uh, studiers of the word and desiring to rightly divide the word of truth, and Lord, that you would help us, uh, that you would bless all the marriages in this church, Lord, that you would um, not allow the devil to cause any division in any of the families, and Lord, I pray for the children as well, Lord, that you would be raising up godly children. And, Lord, that you would be giving the parents wisdom, Lord, as they endeavor to uh, train their children up in the way of righteousness in the evil world. So, Lord, I pray that you would just bless this church in Jesus' name. Lord, we continue in prayer. We just lift up Brother Joel's request for um, just wisdom and boldness as he ministers to those outside the abortion clinic. We ask that you help your word not go unheard, that it has an impact, and that you can sway the hearts of those who are there to murder a little life, Lord. They don't see it as such, but we ask that you use him in a mighty way, use him to help um, persuade them away from this course of action, help him have the words that can speak to them in their own way, Lord, that it can have an impact on the lives of those that he speaks to. Help him have wisdom in speech as those who may not like him being there may be combative verbally, um, that you just help him to have the words to de-escalate, the words to show love, the words to just change hearts and minds. We ask that you be with the Terry One Hour ministry that we're looking to begin. We ask that you be with the meeting that Brian has with that gentleman. Uh, please guide that ministry. 
please give us the people to step up that are able to begin serving in that way to um, in a way work as Joel does outside the abortion clinic and reach those women who are troubled and um, looking for a way that they seem as a quick easy way to relieve themselves of a burden but of, of a life Lord that it, it is murder we ask that you just be with Joel in his job situation um, just give him wisdom help guide the discussion he has with his boss and order his steps on where you are leading him just to continue at this job that you open the doors and help him find the work if it is to move on that you just give him the direction that you would have him to follow we ask you continue to just be with the church and the many ministries here that you continue to just grow us use us um, and use us according to your mission to reach men and families in our community and in your name we pray amen